Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Let's face it, it's hard to balance life. Sometimes we put too much emphasis on our homes. Yeah, we do. Kids this, the kids that, the kids the other thing. You know what I mean? Now, at other times, the pendulum goes the other way. We put way too much emphasis on the church. And we neglect our homes. Sometimes we're trying to escape the responsibilities of our home by being involved in the church. So the balance is supremely important in all of our lives. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Deborah was a prophet and judge over Israel. She was married and perhaps had children. Yet she found a healthy balance between her focus on her family and her role as a prophet. As Pastor Ed points out in today's message, this is no simple feat. Many of us struggle with finding that balance. Sometimes we use our families as an excuse to get out of ministry. Or maybe we use our ministry as an excuse to avoid our family responsibilities. We need to seek a healthy balance between the two. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith We're continuing our series in the book of Judges. We're skipping a few chapters ahead. We'll be going back, but we're going to look at Deborah. She was a godly, godly woman who impacted the whole nation. And the title of the message today is Rise Up, Women of God. And Deborah is a wonderful example of a woman who would rise up and take leadership Now, she's an example not only to the sisters, but to the brothers. So guys, you could listen into the message today. Judges 5, 6, and 7. We'll be talking about chapter 4, and we'll be looking at chapter 5 as well. Judges 5, verses 6 to 7. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the roads were abandoned. Travelers took the winding paths, that means the the back roads. The main roads were just difficult, and not only difficult, but dangerous to travel. Things were bad in the nation. That's what it's saying. Village life in Israel ceased. Ceased until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. We need some mothers in the church. Rise up, women of God, rise up. Let God put his hand on your life and be used. Let that anointing rest on you. Three very powerful men, a ministry that impacted the world, our nation, all look back to one woman, a spiritual mother, as their mother. I think of Halverson, who was the chaplain of the Senate, the United States Senate, from 1981 to 1994. He had an impact on the legislators. He had an impact at critical times upon our senators, upon our government. And he looked back and he said, she was my spiritual mother. I think about Billy Graham's comment. He said that she was the best, one of the best Bible teachers of the 20th century. She really impacted Billy Graham, 
who impacted literally the nations. And one of my favorites. I think back onto Campus Crusade for Christ. Bill Bright established that. And that's gone worldwide, touched millions of souls. Bill Bright looked back to her as a spiritual mother. Well, she was in head of the Christian Education Department at the Hollywood Presbyterian Church. The pastor had called her, she had been involved in some other ministry, and then he had called her to take ministry there, and she taught Sunday school. She impacted, she had up to 500 young people at certain times being taught by her. The word of God went through her into their lives and changed them. Now she never had a child, not a physical child, but she had loads of spiritual children. There's another woman that I particularly am fond of. I think of the movie, The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boone. What a godly, godly woman. I mean, the books that she wrote and the inspirational messages that she gave on, on forgiveness and love and grace, they, they've had a powerful impact, I know, on me, especially in years past. Arise, women of God. That's what Deborah did. She heard the call, she answered the call, and she followed the call. She was a woman who God used in powerful ways. And I, I want to just take from her life three aspects. Now, there's more than that, but three that can be applied to any man in our church, any lady in our church. First of all, I want you to see the commitment in her life, the commitment in Deborah's life, the commitment of godly women. Notice what the text says. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapideth, was leading Israel at the time. Now, that's a significant statement. Do you know there are only a, maybe six or seven women in the Bible, in the Old Testament, called prophetesses? One of them was Miriam. That was the sister of Moses. And she composed a beautiful song of praise, recognizing God's deliverance for the people of Israel. And so did Deborah. Chapter 5, she co-authored a song of praise with Barak that inspired the nation. Now, it's very hard to interpret. It's probably the oldest Hebrew language in the Old Testament in the way it's uh, worded and written. But yet it comes through. There's this praise to God. She was a prophetess. Now, I want you to know, as you look at her life, you could see this direction of commitment, the direction of the committed. There was something about her life. She was going in the right direction. All of us at one time or another have gone in the wrong direction, and we've suffered from it. But all of us, too, know what it's like when you are on track, when you are going right in the right direction. See, it says in verse 4, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. Notice this. First of all, it talks about a relationship with God. To be a prophetess, you have to be a good listener. You have to listen to the still, small voice of God. You have to listen to that Holy Spirit who speaks. And she was established as someone who would call people to adjust their lives in alignment with God's will and his way. She also had the gift of, of knowing what was going to happen in the future, and, and at times God used her in that type of prophetic way. She was a woman with a prophetic gift. 
because of that relationship with God. And she was married. Now, the reason I say it that way is because sometimes, oftentimes, a lot of times, let's face it, it's hard to balance life. Sometimes we put too much emphasis on our homes. Yeah, we do. Kids this, the kids that, the kids the other thing. You know what I mean? Now, at other times, the pendulum goes the other way. We put way too much emphasis on the church, and we neglect our homes. Sometimes we're trying to escape the responsibilities of our home by being involved in the church. So the balance is supremely important in all of our lives. And she had it right. It tells us that she was a prophetess, this relationship with God where she was listening and being able to speak, and that she was a wife to Lapidoth. And and then she was leading Israel. She had all these responsibilities. She was a political leader at the time where women were, you know, they hadn't had a reformation in the way people thought back at that time. Uh, Women didn't have the priorities that they have today, the abilities and the opportunities. Uh, But yet this woman had a gifting, and those gifting opened doors. Can I say that again? Giftings open doors. You don't have to pry it. You don't have to somehow break it down. Giftings will open the door. If you make yourself available, of course. But the direction of her life, she was going in the right direction. Her life centered around Yahweh, God. So whether I'm a prophetess, whether I'm involved with family responsibilities, whether I'm involved with civic responsibilities, it ought always to center in my relationship with God. Everything grows out of that. Everything is sustained by that. Everything is propelled by that relationship with the Lord. When you have direction and you're committed to the right direction, you will also have, underline this circle, write it in bold, you will have discernment. If you're going in the wrong direction, your discernment is clouded. If you're going on the wrong track, your discernment is distorted. It is only when you're going in the right direction and doing it in a way that is in balance that really you have that sense of discernment. In verse five, she would sit under the palm of Deborah. So I don't know how it started, but you know, it may have started this way. Just imagine with me, uh, she has just uh, finished the laundry and uh, there's a beautiful palm tree out behind their home and she happens to sit down and some neighbors see her there and they say, let's go to talk to Deborah. I mean, she's a spiritual woman. She has wise counsel. Your gift opens doors. Your gift brings people towards you. And so as she's there between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, what would happen? The Israelites start going to her for judgment. She's growing in this ministry and God's hand is upon her and she begins to solve civic problems, other problems. And they say, boy, there's wisdom residing in her heart. When you're going in the right direction, your discernment grows. When you're headed in the wrong direction, your discernment diminishes. And her discernment is keen. So much so, for 20 years, people come and seek her counsel, her wisdom, her advice. You know the type of person I'm talking about. You say, I gotta call them up. I gotta run this by them. I need a bit of 
counsel. I need a word from the Lord. That's the person, type of person she was. And so you could see this commitment of a godly woman committed to her home, committed to her God, committed to her country, and this tremendous discernment. Now, I want to say something about discernment. And this is especially hard for in our culture. In our culture, when you call the wrong number and it's your fault, you press the wrong number, what does it always say? We're sorry, they take the blame for it. We're so used to, as a culture, passing the blame to someone else, passing the buck. You know, it takes real maturity to be able to really see some of the errors that we commit ourselves. And it takes maturity to be able to rightly help people assess where they're at. In Judges chapter five, this is a song of worship. We have a song that she's composed with Barak, and here's the song. Ishkar's princes rallied to Deborah. Now she got them involved in freeing themselves from the oppression. See, God lifted his hand and placed it on her. People had sinned and then they repented and God was gonna be merciful to them and turn things around. And he was gonna use Deborah and he was gonna use Barak as well as others. I'm so glad that God uses people. Ishkar princes rallied to Deborah. Ishkar stood fast with Barak. So right here in scripture, they're being commended, backing him up on the field of battle. But in Reuben's divisions, there was much second guessing. Why all those campfire discussions? Diverted and distracted, Reuben's divisions couldn't make up their minds. Here it's saying, wait a minute, there were some tribes that were involved and some that weren't. Some that missed the window of opportunity to be involved in the deliverance of Israel. Missed the window of opportunity to do something for God. And right here in scripture, she's stating it. Gilead played it safe across the Jordan, and Dan, why did they go off sailing? They took a vacation or something. While they were at war, Asher kept his distance on the seacoast, safe and secure in his harbors. But Zebulun risked life and limb, defied death, as did Nephtali on the battle heights. Notice what it says. She's going over the tribes. She's looking at each one. She said, they were involved, they weren't involved. They helped, they didn't help. It's better for us to let God speak to us now than when the journey's over and you're standing before the judgment seat. We need to get out of this attitude that nobody could ever speak correction to us. Deborah broke it, broke the mold. Here she was, a woman, and yet she was bold enough to say, you know, you, you did the wrong thing here. Now, I don't believe it was with condemnation. I don't believe it was the ministry of criticism. I believe it was out of a, a devotion to God because she was going in the right direction in her personal life. And that is so, so important. Now, years ago, back in another pastorate, we had one sister who would give prophetic words on a very frequent basis. She would give a message in tongues and the interpretation. Now, whenever she did that, Everybody trembled. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. We just, you know, you trembled. You were put on edge. It was like chalk when it squeals on a chalkboard. And it wasn't that she wasn't right in what she was saying. It was how she said it, how she delivered it. You felt as though she had just had an argument with her husband and was yelling at the children and you got the leftovers. One of the things about ministering 
a good word of, of help and correction. It's so important to do that. So sometimes we go to extremes. It, it's hard to stay balanced. It's hard for any of us. But when you stay balanced, you could speak the truth in love and in grace. And so ladies, I encourage you to do that. I hopefully that uh, you speak the truth to your husbands. Husbands are shaking their head. You all want that, right? All right, good. Uh, husbands, you, you agree on that. <laughs> but, but it's helpful when your wife, uh, I know it's helpful for me with Joyce, you know, and she'll say, well, did you think about that? I disagree with you here or there. That is helpful. So husbands, listen. But ladies, do it at the right time. <laughs> Use some of that wisdom that Deborah had. You know, after he ate a good meal and he's comfortable and he had his favorite dessert and he's sitting down and he's just ready to listen to you. That's the con. Anyway, Deborah had that sense of wisdom that she was able to say, you know, guys, you missed it here. You guys did well. Um, not only was this commitment that gave her direction and discernment as a result of following the right direction, but there was a confidence that she had. And remember, she was in a time where women were oppressed and suppressed. In verse six, you see the confidence of this godly woman. Now, think about who she's speaking to. She sent for Barak. Now, he is a military leader. He's like one of the warlords. Uh, he's gonna lead the nation in battle. She sent for Barak, and she tells him, and if you look at the verse, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Go take with you 10,000 men from Nephtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. She says, here's what the Lord said. There was a strength in what she said. She's talking to this military leader. She's talking to this powerful man in the nature. And you know why she could do that? There's confidence in her call. Confidence in her call. In verses 6 to 7. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the roads were abandoned, travelers took winding paths, village life in Israel ceased, until I, Deborah, rose, arose a mother in Israel. See, what happened is there was this confidence that she had that God's hand was upon her life. Now, it wasn't self-assertiveness, and I want to make a distinction between those two things. Some people just pushed themselves forward, and... It wasn't that. There was a confidence that came because for 20 years, people were coming to her for counsel. They were, wanted a word from God from her. They wanted to hear something. And so there was a proven track record that she had. There was a confidence because again and again, she heard the voice of the Lord accurately and she could recognize. And let me just say this. It's so important to recognize when you make a mistake. So few Christians do that. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because we feel it's some type of failure. But sometimes you think you hear God and you didn't hear God. And if you've never had that experience, then don't step out in the gifts. Let me say that again. If you've never thought you heard something from God and were wrong, and you always thought you're right, please do not step out in the gifts. Now, if you recognize you've made mistakes along the way, go ahead. And you've heard God at times, and other times you've missed it, go ahead. The reason for that is because you have a teachable spirit. If you don't recognize you've made mistakes, you don't have a teachable spirit. Because we all, all have feet of clay. 
And it's important to recognize that. It's important to recognize, boy, I thought this, but I, I missed it. It was, it was my spirit. It was, God gives you confirmations and affirmations, and there is fruit to your work. That's why that confidence in the calling grew, because there was fruit. People's lives were touched. They were changed. They were encouraged. They were built up. And so there was a track record that she could look back on, and you recognize that when God calls you, he equips you. I want to just say something. How many of you have been in my office? Okay, a few people have. In my office, there's not one degree hanging on the wall. Now, I'm not saying I've asked Alex to hang his degrees up. I've asked others to hang their degrees up. But I don't have it on my wall. I have just a plaque or two. God is my strength and my power. He maketh my way perfect. And part of the reason for that is I want to remind myself I'm not depending upon my education, I need it, you, you benefit from it, you know, I need all the help I can get, you know, that type of thing, but I'm depending on him. And, and see, there's a confidence we have in our calling, but not this attitude of cockiness or this attitude, well, I'm it. No, she, there was something about her, but she was able to speak wisely into Barak's life. Now, the confidence in her calling really grew out of a confidence in God's power. That's where the confidence really was. In verse seven, the message translation, I'll take care of getting Sisera, the leader of Jabin's army, to the Kishon River with the chariots and troops, and I'll make sure you win the battle. Now, Sisera was the general who was working for this king who's over the Canaanites, and he was cruel. I mean, this guy was a butcher. And he would be fierce in battle. And God speaks to her to talk to Barak to encourage him to go into the battle. And it says, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. God will often take a believer into a place where it's beyond his abilities. He'll take you to a place that unless he shows up, it won't work. If you're walking with God and serving God, there are going to be times in your life and in your work, and in your calling, that unless God shows up, it's just not gonna work. Now, this was dangerous because remember in chapter one about the chariots of iron, metal? These guys had chariots. Judah wouldn't deal with them, but these guys had chariots 900. Nothing to Deborah because she saw a bigger God. The odds were against them. But she recognized that somehow, someway, God's going to show up and he's going to help in the battle. And so God will use a variety of ways to accomplish his, his purposes. What's going to happen is they're going to go into the battle and they go into a very vulnerable place on this hill that the enemy could easily attack them. There they are. And it pulls out Sisera so that he said, ah, now my... Now's my chance. He outnumbers the Israelites. They have 10,000. He has maybe 100,000. It's like 10 to 1. They're using round numbers in the scripture. It's like 10 to 1. And they have the advanced technology. But what they don't have is God on their side. And that makes all the difference. So God just begins to tap his foot. And he sends an earthquake. And then he just goes. And all of a sudden there's a torrential downpour of rain. And there, that dry riverbed that the chariots are going over becomes filled with water. And how many know that iron chariots with horses don't 
run well in mud. And that's what happens. That's what God did. Throughout the history of the nation of Israel, there have been various forms of leadership. From the creator of heaven and earth, to kings, to judges. The book of Judges details the time when God chose judges like Othniel and Deborah to make right ruling in Israel. Join us each day as Pastor Ed shares with us verse by verse from the book of Judges. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Visiting the website will also help you stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith. At the website, you'll find today's message for you to listen to again, download, or even post to your Facebook page to share with your family and friends. Again, that's all available when you log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching verse by verse through the Old Testament book of Judges. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.